message uh, a series I started on the family. Uh, and I titled the message, God's Reason for the Family. Why did God create the family? And need to let you know, uh, is the very first institution that God put in place. The number one institution. The most important in the mind of God. No wonder the enemy hates the family so much. And is constantly fighting against the family. But thank God we have revelation from the word of God. That can help us build strong families the way God wants our family to be. God, as I meditate in the word of God, God's been showing me a lot of things. Amen. Things that I'll share with you. And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If it's coming from the spirit of God, that spirit will put the faith in your life. And that faith will begin to bear fruit in your home. So that the blessings and the peace of God will be in your home. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you. Speak to us today and minister to us through your word. You've given us hearts that can hear. That can, that can understand what you're saying. Ears that can hear. Hearts that can understand. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> If you read in the account of uh, the creation, as I said last week, it was clear that God created all things. He spoke everything into being. As great as the sun is and the planets, the expanse, the space, everything, He spoke them into being. But when it came to the creation of man, He didn't speak first. The three were there together. God said, let us make man. This is important. And he said, to make man in our own image. In other words, let them be in our likeness. They see them. If they see you, they've seen God. In the image of God, you are created in God's very image. You look just like God. Because he created you in his image. And if you, at three times, about three or four times in Genesis, in the creation account, God kept saying, making man in our likeness, in our image. Now, let me let you know this. If you don't accept yourself the way God has made you, you insult him. If you think of yourself any lower than God created you to be, you insult him. You bear his image. Every time he sees you, you are like a mirror. He sees himself. You were made in his likeness. In spite of sin, because of Jesus, we look just like him. And the Bible says we will see him when that time comes. And we'll be just like him. Amen? So that's what it is. God created man in his image. Now, the Bible said he formed Adam from the dust of the earth. And then he gave him the breath of life. The spirit of life. And Adam became a living soul. Now, three lessons I want to bring from the creation account of man. First thing is, if you are a man, 
a woman, a human being, the first thing that you want in life is a home. Amen? You need a home. You need a home. It's not fun living in the street. That's not a home. You talk to them, they want a home. You want to build a home. You see, God, when you were created in God's image, you need a home. And so the first thing God did, he planted a garden for Adam. If you read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. A spirit being, understand this, a spirit being you are, you will always need a home. Whether you are in your body here or after this life, you go into the other life, you need a home. And if you are the kind of man or woman that God created in his image, your home doesn't have to be built by human hands. God has to build your home. Amen? If you are a man, you need a home. And Jesus is back there in heaven, just like he planted a garden for and built a home for Adam here on the earth. He is right now building a home for us in heaven. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm coming back and I'm going to receive you home to myself. So when you die, you're going home to him. You're going to a place that is not made with human hands. He's made and built by God. A human being needs a home. Notice, when God builds your home, it's a perfect place to be. No disharmony, no trouble. It's peaceful. It's blessed. That's what God was there. You don't have to wait until you get there. Amen? (laughs) Build one here. Build one, especially when you now have his image. You have been made in his image. Build one here for your family. You need a home. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you will have a home as well. It's not going to be a fun place. If you don't know Jesus, you need to make right. Get Jesus into your heart and have his likeness. You know, when Adam sinned, he lost the image of God. The Bible said he became son of the devil. The image was gone. God is a spirit. He created Adam in spirit form, and it's the spirit of Adam that looked like God, not his flesh. The, Jesus said, God is spirit. If you lose that spirit of God in you, your new nature doesn't look like him. He is not building you a home because you are not his. You don't belong to him. There is another home for those that don't belong to him. It's not a fun place. Jesus came 
so that you can receive life and receive him so your new your nature can be changed so you can go to the home that jesus is building for those that are his it's your choice where you want to go i made up my mind over 30 years ago i'm going to heaven i want to get my mansion then my wife's mansion next to mine <laughs> And I'll go talk to Samson after a few hundred years. Don't know why Samson, but I want to ask him what he was thinking. Now, <laughs> he probably said, don't want to talk about that. I'm happy here. Okay? Don't remind me. But you need to settle account with God so you make it to heaven. And let me tell you this. You are a spirit. And because you are in a body, and Jesus, the Son of God, took that human form, God will always look towards you with love. Always. No matter what you're doing. Because you still bear that flesh that Jesus took. But the moment you leave that body, it's over. If you don't know Jesus. So you need to make right with God. You need a home. And the, the, the uh, patriarchs also needed a home. After they've been called. If you read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10. For he wait, wait, waited for the city which has foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. That's Abraham. He's talking about Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They lived in tents. God told them about the promised land. But they were not looking to a city that was built by human hands. They were looking for a city with a foundation. And the builder himself is God. It's always that way. We need a home. Second lesson is you must leave and join. Or leave and cleave. When God created Adam, he said it was not good for the man to be alone. He put him to sleep, got uh, his rib, and then created Eve and brought Eve to him. And God was the one that officiated in the very first marriage ceremony. But when Adam saw Eve, he was so excited. He said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and they were one. I read in the scripture in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she will... She was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So this is a principle here you need to understand. A man leaves his father and mother. He joins to his wife. Both of them become one flesh. Notice something. God didn't say for the woman to leave father and mother. He says the man leaves father and mother. Why? Because the man should provide the security that father and mother were providing for their daughter before that daughter joined you. Amen? You are that. That's your responsibility as a husband. You must be the one that's going to protect the home, take care of the home, the head. And she feels the same security that she was feeling before she left a mother and a father to join you. Now, this is something. 
once you get married living you don't go back this is my view don't live with your parents husband and wife after you get married even if you don't have much talking to the young people don't live with your parents in the same house if you have a place where it's big enough where you can be with your your wife in your own section that's what you need to do the bible says leave father and mother and be joined to your wife and become as one that's the beginning of a new family that's your family this is your family man that's your family now you leave and you start your family you have to leave a lot of people have made the mistake of we don't have the finances the bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains what favor from the lord you know what that favor includes finances god will take care of you if you trust him and you step out to begin your own life don't stay with your parents move out find a place rent a place start small amen even if it's just one room no bedroom stay there begin your life work together husband and wife joining together talking planning amen and god will bless it but if you go against god's word things will turn around for you things are not going to be that fun a lot of people have made that mistake because your parents will get into your business uh, oh yes and if you are a man or if you're living with the man's parents guess whose side they are on their son and you are the stranger they tell you you need to be appreciative because we're giving you a home yeah, what about him that's my son you're a stranger here you can't stay there you got to find your own place stay your own place let them call you come over we like to see you both if you are the guy tell your parents let me talk to my wife first and see if she wants to come <laughs> they say, oh we lost them they're gone they're gone so when your wife says yes oh they say but that's a good woman it was oh yes and when you come they treat you well because you're on your own but if they're feeding both of you you got no voice they tell you when to sit and when to rise when to come back home and when to do whatever you want to do oh yes they have control you gotta leave another thing you don't want to do ladies don't call your mama all the time when you got problems hmm. because what that does is make your husband the enemy you don't know what you're doing you know my advice for you this is what i think god the lord is doing me if you giving to me if you are a man befriend your wife's mother do whatever you can to win her to your side. Shower her with love. Tell her how beautiful. But don't live with them. Just tell them how good. And if you have any problem, talk to her. She said, why don't you talk to your mother? I just love you. I just love you. I think my wife has the best mother in the world. You know why? When your wife's fighting with you, just call her mama. 
and mama will rise and don't you dare do that to my son that's my son say mama you forgotten i am your daughter that's no because you've won mama you understand what i'm saying Is there wisdom in what we're saying there? That's what to do. Win are over. Sometimes it can be difficult. Amen? Especially if they didn't like you in the first place. <laughs> when you came, they thought, oh, not this guy. But then keep, take, take them out, just two of them, for good dinner and pay for it. Then they'll start saying, it's not as bad as we thought. <laughs> Before long, they start liking you. So you befriend her parents. And the wife, you do the same thing. Amen. Befriend his parents. You stay together. Don't talk to them about your problems. And if you want to talk to your parents about your problems, don't talk to your own parents. Talk to, if you're a woman, talk to his parents about what's going on. Because you want them, you know? And then they come and they come after their son. Look, you're, you're putting us to shame. You need to rise up your wife because they love you. Amen? That's the way to go. But don't live with them. Don't tell them intimate things that's going on in your home. Work the problem out. It's you, your wife, and who? God. Why don't you talk to him before calling your mama? And if you're a man calling your mama, you, you need to be prayed for. <laughs> Mama's boy, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? Keep calling your mama for every problem. Your wife's giving you a problem you can't handle. You call your mama to deal with, with your wife. You have a problem. When are you going to be healed? So the lesson is, when God puts his word, you have to really understand what he's saying. He's looking out for our good. That's why he says a man leaves father and mother, and you join to your wife. Notice something that happened. When God created Adam, was Eve around? Eve was not. When he planted the garden, I'm sure Adam, that was his place, right? When Eve came along, did Adam say, the garden is mine, who are you? No. It belonged to both of them, right? That was their home. There was no fight between them. Everything Adam owned belonged to Eve. That was their home. That's the way it should be. It's you and your wife. That's why God started it that way. Just a man. You think God couldn't have created several men and several women at the same time? No, he could have done that. But he wanted just the two of them. As a clear example of what he wants it to be. Man, his wife, and God himself. And you'll be okay. Amen? That's the way he wants it. That's the way he wants it. Third thing, another lesson, Genesis 2, verse 25, it says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. 
both naked, a man and his wife, but they were not ashamed. You know what that means today? We put on clothes now, so we're not going to be talking about that. But in the home, both of you have to be naked before one another. No secrets. No secrets. No, if there's a secret, it's because you, if you keep a secret, it could be, let it be because if, if this is going to hurt this other person, so it's going to be done out of love. You understand what I'm saying? And it has to be right before God's eyes. Out of love, but something that is right before God's eyes. It can be something that is not right before God's eyes. But you can't have secrets. You can't have a bank account that your wife doesn't know anything about. You can't be having anything that she doesn't know anything about. You, as a woman, you can't have anything that your husband doesn't know anything about. If you keep secrets, guess what you got? You got darkness. And what will sit, where does Satan want to work? When there is darkness, you will suffer shame. They were both naked before one another, and they were, none of them was ashamed. But if you have a secret, you need to get out of it. If it's something that's going to cause problem between your home, make sure everything is right. Because if you don't, you are going to suffer shame. Your family will suffer shame. Your, shield, your children will suffer shame because of a secret in the home. Amen. It's kind of quiet in here. But it's the truth. Everything has to be open. You got to discuss things, especially major decisions that affect the family. You have to make it open. You may think you're really smart and you're wise in this thing, but what is really happening is selfishness. He'll get a hold of you. Depending on how God sees it, somebody in that home is going to suffer shame. When you're naked before one another, then there is no room for shame. Amen? You have to understand that. You have to understand that. You are a team. God put two of you together. If God is with you, you are unbeatable. But when there is secret, there is division. The greater partner in this covenant knows there is something wrong. He is not participating anymore. Okay? Because there is darkness. That family is slowly getting down. There's got to be openness in the marriage. Amen? Talk problems out. Don't keep things with your mom or your parents. And your wife doesn't know what's going on. You're spending all that time with your parents talking about what's your wife. She doesn't know it. That's the secret. Your home is going to come down. You got to stay with your wife. Work out the problems. A man's life is full of trouble. But only God can deliver us from all our troubles. We need to take all of those troubles to our God. Amen? Now, why did God create the family? The reason is simple. God is a family person. He's a family person. He got God the Father, right? 
He's a father. He wants a family. He didn't become a father after Jesus came. He was the essence of God. He's a father. He needed a family. So he created Adam in his image because your family member must have your likeness. And you are, if you know Jesus, you are part of God's family. God needed a family. He created Adam and Eve, and he blessed them. And he told them to multiply, be fruitful, and to multiply and fill the earth. So that's the reason. Now, if you read in Luke chapter 2, verse 38, it says the, um, the son of Enoch, that's talking about Jesus' genealogy, and I want to start from verse 38. The son of Enos, that's, that's uh, the son of Enoch. And Enoch was the son of Seth. And Seth was the son of Adam. And Adam was what? The son of God. Adam was actually created in God's image. And because he had flesh, he was the son of God. Jesus was the son of God. But he was the word before he became flesh. So God needed a son. But notice, he wants more sons and daughters. So he created Eve because with Adam, something was missing. We can't increase the number of the family. We need a woman so that we can fill the earth with God-looking people. Amen? People that look just like God all the world. In Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, it says, But did he not make them one, Adam and Eve? Did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of the living God, one, having a remnant of the Spirit, why? And why one, he says, he seeks, what? Godly offspring that's why the reason for the family in god's mind godly offspring therefore take heed to your to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth the reason for the family is god is looking for godly offspring that's why us parents mothers fathers If you don't keep your home a peaceful place, you will not raise godly offspring, and you failed God. You didn't meet his heart's desire. His heart's desire is to fill the earth with godly offspring. He started in, in the garden when he created Adam and Eve. He blessed them to be fruitful. Fruitfulness is a blessing. God wants you blessed to be fruitful. That's God's desire for your life. You want to know God's will? He wants you to be fruitful in everything that you do. But he also wants you to multiply. In other words, Adam, you are in this perfect state, the son of God. I want you to multiply sons and daughters of God and fill the whole world with sons and daughters of God. It's the same thing today God wants. That's why he's sending us out to preach the gospel. Why? He needs godly 
offspring to fill the world. That's the way God wants the world. Now, for you and I as fathers and mothers in our home, God is looking for a godly offspring in your home. He said he will bless your family, not to the third generation with regards to the curses, the third generation, but when it comes to the righteous, even to the 13th generation. It's your responsibility, you and I, to raise godly children. God's looking for that. And to do that, you and your wife in that home have to be in harmony. There's got to be peace in that home. You have to make that place a home. If you're constantly fighting, my son was telling me today when we were coming to church about this kid. He's very confused because he said, Mama and Papa, my mom and dad, they are constantly fighting. I can't say a thing. He, he's frustrated. And guess what he's, what he's wanting to do? Get out of that place. When the atmosphere in the home is not conducive for raising godly children, that's not going to happen. You may be taking them to church. They see another side of you at home that's different from what they see at church. You're constantly bickering, fighting. You know, the Spirit of God is very gentle spirit. Amen? Jesus is not here in person. He is here with us in his spirit. You can easily grieve the spirit of God. One thing you want to know is the spirit of God is the one that brings things from the spirit realm into the sin world. When Jesus was born, who was involved in the conception? The Holy Spirit came on Mary. Anything that is brought from the spirit world, the unseen world, into our natural world, the Holy Spirit is always involved. If you read in the account of Genesis, he said the Spirit of God was moving in the surface of the deep before God said. So the Spirit of God is always at work. Now in your home... If you are constantly fighting and bickering and yelling and screaming, that's not a place for a gentle Holy Spirit. No wonder you're having so much trouble in the home and your finances are so bad. And your children don't know what to do. Keep the level of conflict in your home really low. We're always always, different. My wife and I are different. We have differences. Amen? It's just the way it is. We see things differently. But for the most part, we want that calm. So that the kids don't say, Daddy is back home again. I'm going to my room. That's where I hide. That's my sanctuary. Or Mama is coming home. Oh, no. Because Mama is always screaming and yelling. They go to their room and they hide. They're doing things you don't even know what. You can do those things. God expects us to raise a godly offspring. And the environment in the home determines if these kids will be godly or not. How you're living. How you instruct them. 
whether there is peace in the home a home just like the garden of eden no conflict right but with the help of the holy spirit even though we have conflicts if we look into him he can smoothen everything so that the home is peaceful and the kids know what to do you can't really hear god if he's so noisy right can you if it's all screaming and all of that you can hear him and your prayer the bible says cannot it's not going to be answered god doesn't want to live there your kids don't even want to live there why would god want to live there because there's so much fighting in the home today husband and wife when you get home sit down and begin to talk to yourself now some of us have made the mistake in the past you don't maybe your wife is no longer there your husband is no longer there learn a good lesson as much as it lies with you the bible says what be at peace with all men why because without that you can't have god's blessing the holy spirit can move in your life cannot move it's very very important very very important God needs godly offspring. When God <coughs> has sinned, excuse me, when God has seen that you are intent on building, raising kids that will love him, he's found his friend. And this, he doesn't know how to hold back on that family. I guarantee you. God will not hold back. He'll stay with those children and that family for generations to come but if you play the fool he'll look for another family to work with look at what god said about abraham in genesis chapter 18 verse 17 through 19 he says and the lord said shall i hide from abraham what i am doing you see when you are about raising godly kids god keeps no secret from you he tells you everything amen he walks in your home he said i can't hide what i'm about to do from my friend abraham since abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him for I have known him, or I know him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that what? They keep the way of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. All of his promises for your life. You see? The promises cannot be fulfilled when there is not that heart's desire to raise godly offspring. It's God said, I know this guy. I know he's going to command his children after him to do what's right, to follow the ways of the Lord. And so I'm not going to keep any secret from him. You know what that means? You're thinking about this type of business and God knows uh, this business is going to cause you trouble. You don't know it. You are so excited. You sleep and he gives you no rest. You can't sleep while you're thinking something is not right about this business. What is he trying to do? He's telling you get away from that. You don't like the way that man looks. He's lying to you. He gets you off. 
because he knows anything that affects you will affect those godly offsprings that you're bringing up. Amen? So he protects you and protects your family. So important. You see, God, because of Abraham, he was protecting Isaac. And you know what happened with Jacob in Laban's house? Laban even knew. He says, I know I am blessed because you're living with me. Amen? Why? Because Jacob is going to have 12 sons. Amen? From this home. He blessed them. God requires godly offspring from every family. That's what he's looking for. Whatever you can do as a husband, whatever you can do as a wife, if things need to change in the home, sit down. Begin to write, what, what, what do we need to do in our home to make God more comfortable in this home? What books do we need to take out of our home? What things do we need to let go? All of those things. To make the Holy Spirit at home. In your home. That's what's important. Because whatever is going on in that home is going to affect the kids. That's what we need. God needs godly offsprings. I want to talk to the mothers today, but I'm going to give you just this a little bit so that next week you'll come back. <laughs> Last week I said that the mother is the helper. And the Holy Spirit is also what? He's called the helper. You know what that means? The building of your home. Remember, the Bible also says the man is the savior, right? The man is the savior of the house, of the wife. The Bible tells us that you can read Ephesians chapter 5. Chapter 5, it tells us that. So there is the savior and there is the helper. Who is building the church today? Who is building the church? Jesus. He's up there. The Holy Spirit is in charge of the church today. The woman is the one to build a home. I know that's hard to hear, but that's the truth. Let me share one scripture with you. Uh, we always believe that. Now, I'm not talking about building the house and all of that. The way the home is depends on what the woman wants to do. Let me read this scripture and I'll close with this. Proverbs 14, verse 1. The wise woman builds her house or her home, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. The wise woman will build her home. A foolish woman is going to pull it down. I've met, I shouldn't say this, but... I've met some ladies that really don't, they've done really bad with their husband. And they didn't realize it until the guy was already gone. You build your home. I'm going to talk about that next week. You are the nurturer. The nurturer in the home. 
you set the climate of the home. The man may be crazy and be acting silly, but you set the climate of the home. How you respond to his craziness is going to determine what happens in the home and whether or not he's going to change or God is going to give him the left foot of fellowship. <laughs> but your part is to keep the climate in the home so that the Holy Spirit can walk. Amen? Bow your heads with me today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's always good to know that Jesus is yours. And that Jesus is your Savior. I used to sing a song when I was newly saved. I know that heaven is mine. I know that heaven is mine. And I thank God, I thank Jesus for it. Do you know without a doubt that heaven is yours today? If you don't know that, I want to pray for you. And I want to pray with you. And God will hear our prayers. And without a doubt, you will know in your heart that heaven is yours. Where you're seated right now, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you haven't made Jesus your personal Savior, where the Spirit of God tells you inside of you, yes, you are His. And you belong to God. You have a home in heaven. I want to pray with you. All you need to do is let me know by raising up your hand. Just raise one, one hand up and say to me, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Because I want to make Jesus my God, my Lord and Savior. I want heaven to be my home. I want to have that confidence that Jesus is my Lord. And that if I die today, I'll be with him in heaven. If that's you... And the count of three, would you just raise your hand quickly and put it down? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Put your hand up. There's some of you, you're struggling, but you need to obey God. Put your hand up. Thank you. Stand up to your feet, lady. Come on, stand up. Come on, come on, come here. Come on. Don't be ashamed. You... Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you are here also, appreciate you. If you're here also and you don't know that all is well with you, between you and your God, and you are, there are things in your life that needs to be made right, and you want God to help you this morning, I want you to stand up and come and join me here. Stand up. Come and join me here. Say with me. Father God. Say with me. Say it loud. Father God. I thank you. For sending Jesus. To die for my sins. Lord Jesus. I accept you today. As my Lord. And my Savior before these witnesses I make my confession that you are my Lord and my Savior thank you Father in Jesus name Amen please go sit down thank you so much
bless. How many want God to help you with a strong family? Please stand up. I want that too myself. (laughs) You need a strong family. You need the Holy Spirit to work in your home. And to do a mighty work in your home. Let's lift our hands up to our God today. Remember this. What God is looking for. Godly offspring. If you've made mistakes in the past, if you've done things that hurt your children and they will work, today is the day to ask God for forgiveness. As you make it right, God will begin to make those things right and the kids are coming back home and they will love God. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord, your grace gives us forgiveness. And we receive forgiveness from you today. And we receive wisdom from you today. So that we might do the things that are right before you. As husbands, as wives, as children. Things that are pleasing to you. So that you might bless our home. And the generations to come. If Jesus tarries. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.